Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Talk Recorded live. Hey everybody, it's uh, Chris with my co-host Ross again with another episode of the Black Pill Archives. Uh, so how you doing, Ross? I'm doing pretty good. Good. How are you, Chris? Uh, pretty good. Did you work today? Yeah, I did. All right. Um, well, I think we're going to talk about those two articles that I sent you first. So that that first one I sent you uh, was on the Dark Knight Returns, like we talked about last time. Mm-hmm. Um, talked about Frank Miller and his uh, portrayal of Batman in this comic, and uh, <laughs> I just googled, uh, you know, like Frank Miller. I, I don't remember what I googled to find this article. I think I googled either like Frank Miller fascism or like Frank Miller's Batman, like totalitarianism or fascism. Basically, if you type in Frank Miller and fascism, this will come up. I mean, and it's, this article was written by a, uh, I guess, university professor, PhD. I mean, this, this, this affirms what we were saying, you know, what I was saying on, on our last call about, uh, this is definitely uh, what Frank Miller was going for in this comic. I mean, if uh, a Ph.D. professor is saying the exact same things, you know, that I was saying, but he's coming at, he's coming at it, obviously, from the, uh, the cucked libertarian, you know, view. So he's viewing these things as uh, negatives, you know. <laughs> mm-hmm. But I'm not going to read this whole thing, but... I uh I posted this article in uh the um episode description of the last call, but I just want to read some parts of it cuz I find it humorous. Um so let me see exactly who this was written by. Uh Matt Ria, PhD. Says he uh, taught Frank Miller's The Dark Knight Returns as a sessional instructor in English at the University of Alberta. Okay. So he says in this article, "says turning a hero into a fascist in three easy steps. To build a heroic fascist, you need to establish a world where fascism is the only answer. <laughs> Isn't that the world we're living in? Yeah. <laughs> you mean? Oh, he means the real world, I guess." All of the conditions below must must exist to pave the way for Batman to sweep in and take control. Otherwise, he's just another fascist staging a coup. For Miller, this means three things. One, establish that the governing forces are inept when it comes to dealing with criminals. 
It says, uh, every level of elected government in The Dark Knight Returns is inept or worse. A point that's obvious when you read the text. At the top, President Reagan is a dangerous buffoon who heats up the Cold War with the Soviet Union, only narrowly, narrowly avoiding nuclear destruction with Superman's help. Gotham's mayor is an indecisive coward who gets murdered when he tries to negotiate with the mutant gang leader. Commissioner Gordon is replaced by Captain Yindel, who goes after Batman instead of chasing down the real villains. And prisoners are treated by, the, by a left-leaning psychologist, Dr. Wolper, an anti-Batman jargon spewer drawn to look like Hitler. <laughs> I actually don't think he looks like it. He looks more like a Jew, to be honest. Hmm. How Frank Miller drew him. Which makes all the more sense. The Jew being, you know, these false Edomite Jews. That's what yeah. he looks like. Uh, and then it says, just to make sure you fully understand Wolper's flawed methods, Miller also has him killed by his own patient, the Joker. Yep. Then it says, too, represent the average person as dangerous or weak and thus dependent on absolute governance. <laughs> Which is exactly what the Bible teaches, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. Despite knowing that all levels of government and order are inept or corrupt, the everyday citizen in The Dark Knight Returns do nothing about it. Left to their own devices, citizens are selfish and violent. Yep, that's reality. For example, here's a guy pushing a disabled man onto subway tracks. The story is ridiculous, yet perfect for Miller's crusade to justify Batman's takeover as Gotham's fascist dictator. Both citizens demonstrate the need for governance, but for different reasons. The man with the crutches is helpless and needs protection. The man doing the pushing has to be restrained. There are more of these throughout the topic, all of which are designed to lead the reader into accepting Batman's ruthless authoritarianism as a solution. (laughs) Three, create villains whose actions have no motive beyond the desire to sow evil. This is another... This is exactly what the Bible teaches as well, right? Men love evil. They love to do evil just for evil's sake. It's called sin, right? Yep. <laughs> the light came into the world, but the men, you know, loved the darkness. They, they hated the light. Yeah, I mean, Gotham's general population is beset on all sides by violent criminals with no discernible motive. Seriously, if you're an average person living in... See, this is all. this all stems from the communist libertarian anthropology, right? That there's no mm-hmm. determinations on the self. Everything comes from external circumstances, right? Yeah. It's never the person's fault because nothing comes from their nature, right? There's no determinations on the self. That's what they say. Every, everything's just external circumstance, you know? It's, yeah. these, it's these oppressive institutions. It's not the, the nature of man, right? <laughs> uh-huh. Gotham's general population is beset on all sides by violent criminals with no discernible motive. Seriously, if you're an average person living in Miller's Gotham City, a teenager might stab you to death, meet a quota. That sounds like the world we're living in right now. The mutant gang, those knife-wielding teens wearing strange... Uh, Giordi LaForge glasses. 
terrorize Gotham for half the gra- graphic novel. A protection of 80s punk rockers, Miller's mutant gangs are pierced brutes with dyed spiky hair and bright clothes. <laughs> Sounds like today's uh, liberals. Led by an or- ogre of a man, the mutant gang sows violence throughout Gotham because that's what kids do these days. Their motives are murky, but at least they have an end goal. Conquer Gotham. That's the, that's the end goal of the liberals and communists. They want to conquer us. Because this reality is a war, just like the Bible says, right? Right. I was just texting uh, my coworker earlier today. Um I was I was telling him that you know whenever a liberal or an atheist tells like a Christian to uh, love thy enemy, they're only telling that they're only telling the Christian that to manipulate them because they want them to be passive so they can conquer them. Mm-hmm. They're taking that completely <laughs> out of context. You know what I mean? Yes. That's not what that actually meant in the Bible. It didn't mean cuck yourself into extinction, like they want you to think it means, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, no. Uh, it says, uh, from atop his trash heap throne, the mutant leader barks a speech at the gang members about taking over the city. Pause for a moment to take in the fascist overtones in this image. The charismatic speech, the order, orderly display of military power. The mutant gang wants to make Gotham suffer, though we're never sure why. Is it because the gang members live in a trash heap? because they can't afford a shirt for their leader, we are not meant to know. Without any motive, the mutant gang is wedged into the plot as a frightening potential ruler that Batman must overthrow in his quest for dominance. The same type of, quote, frightening potential Miller saw in 80s Cold War propaganda, where books, posters, and TV ads imagined a terrifying future of America under communism, which is exactly what we're in now. (laughs) So Miller was, like, spot on with this. There you go. Congratulations. You've created a world where fascists are perceived as heroes. Oh, man. It says, quote, Tonight I am the law. Like the citizens of Gotham, the gang members themselves are sheep, albeit knife-wielding, mohawk-sporting sheep in search of a leader. That describes the majority of people. A reality. People are sheep. And they need a leader. It says, uh, they stand in ordered lines to hear him speak. They fill his quotas for murder. They wear his uniform. Collectivism. Yeah, this is what the Bible teaches, right? Yep. Collective reality. nations. Yeah, uh-huh. Collective identities. So what do these followers do after the Dark Knight successfully pummels the mutant leader into submission? Follow this new, stronger guy, of course. Yep. (laughs) Follow the Alpha. The gang reinvents itself as the, quote, Sons of Batman, and later in the comic, Batman uses the Sons of Batman to restore order during a citywide power outage. Before going to war, Batman gives the gang a familiar speech. We are the law. I am the law. He echoes the mutant leader's call to take over Gotham City. Batman's role in The Dark Knight Returns, then, is no longer a lone vigilante seeking out justice in his own way, but a fascist ruler 
crafting an army to control the city. But look at him, he's breaking the gun, you might argue. Batman is clearly the good guy because he doesn't kill. Oh, and then he, and then he says, well, I have news for you. Batman's no-killing rule is perverse. Look, I'm no fan of killing. Live and let live, I say. On the surface, Batman's idea of breaking all the guns seems solid. No one dies, no one gets hurt. Except everyone gets hurt, and hurt badly. Here's Batman living by his rule, and its brutality is... Okay. So this guy gets that, that wrong, actually. I don't I don't know where he's getting that, because Batman like, kills a, a ton of people in this comic. Um, but, yeah, I mean, that was the main point. Um, he goes on, he says, uh, Batman figures the guy he kicked will, quote, probably walk again, but more importantly, the punk will, quote, stay scared. Yep, that's what it takes. That's that's what it takes. It takes away a lot of the nobility of a no-killing rule, and in its place, you can inflict lingering pain on any random criminal. I'm not saying killing wouldn't be worse, but ethically, potentially paralyzing someone is not much better. (laughs) Even with everything else I pointed out, it might be okay if Batman stuck to the, quote, tonight part of the speech. A one-night-only fascist restoring order and handing it back to democratic powers. Yeah, the exact same democratic powers that plunged the city into anarchy and chaos in the first place, right? (laughs) That's, wow. Good idea. Maybe that's someone we can feel okay cheering for, but that's not how the comic goes. The Dark Knight Returns ends with Batman plotting a full-blown coup d'etat after faking his own death in the Batman vs. Superman fight from The Dark Knight Returns, the same one... I guess this is paralleled in a movie that came out. The comic's final frames focus on Bruce Wayne training his own private army. (laughs) Read that quote again, quote... It begins here, an army, to bring sense to a world plagued by worse than thieves and murderers. Yep. It says, uh, the hero of this story and the basis of, uh, oh, the basis of Christopher Nolan's Batman film reboot and of Zack Snyder's Batman vs. Superman film. I I don't know where, where this guy's getting that. I don't think Frank Miller's Batman's ever been depicted on the big screen. He's literally an eccentric billionaire who faked his own death so he could fashion an army in a cave beneath his old estate so as so as to overthrow the government. The graphic novel ends with Batman as a fascist seeking to wrest power from the hands of democracy. <laughs> yes. So literally all this guy's uh, criticisms of this are, are like selling points to us. You know? Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> After you take the black pill, the, these are all, these are all like, you gotta read this now, you know? <laughs> uh, anyway, um, the, so there's this other article that uh, I saw that I showed you, Ross, and it's relevant to some things we talked about in past calls. That was pretty interesting, though. It's 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 called uh, "Domesticated Dinosaurs: Cambodian Stegosaur Gives New Clues." 
Oh, yeah. Because it's from orchardoflifescience.com. Um, I'll just go ahead and read it. It says, uh, those who have followed creationist literature for a while will no doubt be familiar with the Cambodian stegosaur, which we've talked about on past calls before. For those who are not, the Cambodian stegosaur refers to a boss relief found at the Ta Prom Temple at Angkor Wat. The pillars of Ta Prom are decorated by an ornate series of animal medallions carved into the rockwork. Featured animals include many local beasts, buffalo, deer, monkeys, etc. There is one, however, that is a tad more exotic. Shows the stegosaur. Uh, the carving, this carving, depicting what appears to be a kind of stegosaur, has puzzled secular archaeologists for many years. Although the carving itself is almost certainly genuine, this has not kept it from stirring controversy, as arguments regarding the true identity of this beast, dinosaur or otherwise, have raged even within creationist circles. In January, a paper was published in Answers Research Journal that challenged the stegosaur theory. In it, the argument was made that the, quote, plates running down the animal's back were too deeply set to be considered part of the animal and were more likely a part of the background. The other carvings feature leaf-shaped designs set behind the animals themselves. Taking further note of the relief's large head, compared to the small heads of stegosaurs, lack of tail spikes, and strange, quote, horns slash ears, it was concluded that the animal bore little resemblance, actual resemblance to a stegosaur and was more likely a boar, rhino, chameleon, or some other animal. The paper is deliberately vague in its conclusion here. Okay, so we have talked about this carving specifically on our on our past call. I think it, it was called Dinosaurs Vindicated. But we talked about this exact same point about how the creature's head uh depicted in this carving uh was did not does not match you know the the stegosaurus reconstruction and we speculated that that might be because of some chicanery on the the part of you know the powers that be and how they reconstructed the skeleton mm -hmm. but this paper or this article presents a different theory which I thought was interesting we'll get we'll get to it here um says, uh, it is important for us as Christians to be careful with how we weigh evidence, especially when that evidence excites us. While evidence for dinosaur and man coexistence does exist, there are plenty of cases where such evidence has proven to be fake or misidentified. We do an injustice to the genuine artifacts and to the study of creation in general when we too easily fall for frauds and mistakes. Therefore, we must exercise caution before accepting any new claim or evidence as fact. With this warning in mind, how should we view this carving? Is the Cambodian stegosaur, as the paper above suggests, quote, another argument creationists should not use? Okay. Um, says, a few days ago, a new paper was published in Answers Research Journal addressing many of the concerns brought up by the first. In this case, the author traveled to Cambodia and examined the carvings firsthand instead of using only photo reference, as was the case with the first paper, a shortcoming readily acknowledged by the first paper's author. Regarding the back plates, measurements were taken comparing the depth of the plates to the depth of the background flourishes on other carvings. 
While the background flourishes remain relatively flat against the back plane, only one millimeter in depth, the back plates were much thicker, reaching close to the level of the animal itself at 2.5 millimeters, suggesting that they were indeed intended to be a part of the animal in question. Answers to the other challenges come from a surprising place indeed, a second, larger stegosaur carving found elsewhere in the temple. Okay, so did you see these pictures of this other carving? Yeah, I've got it up right now. Yeah, I mean, now this one legit looks like a stegosaurus. I mean, I don't know how you could deny. I mean, the, the first carving, like we said, you know, you could say, oh, the head doesn't really match. This this other one they found, took pictures of here. I mean, this legit looks like a, this is like prima facie evidence here that that's a stegosaurus. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. The head, the head even matches in in the second one, right? Yeah, it's, it looks it's kind of small, going to a point. Yeah, narrow. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh huh. I mean, it's very, it's very clear. It's unmistakable to me. Um, but it says, uh, although worn by age, we can clearly see the same chunky body shape, complete with tail and back plates. In this case, the head is of a more slender, stegosaurian shape, but we also once more observe a strange shape carved around its neck, likely a bridle of some kind. If these carvings were truly depicting domesticated stegosaurs, either by the Cambodians themselves or a neighboring civilization, it may explain some of the puzzling features of the first top-rome dinosaur. The horn, quote, horns and boxy head could very well be the animal's bridle, coupled with a kind of muzzle-like device necessary for controlling a beast so large in body and small in brain. Other animals, such as horses, are also depicted with their bridles among these same carvings. Now, I had never considered that before, but that makes perfect sense. You know? So the Flintstones were Cambodian? <laughs> I mean, it'd be consistent with, like, the ecosomes, right? Mm-hmm. It shows dinosaurs being domesticated. I mean, you'd, yeah. you'd, I mean, if they were domesticated, it would follow that they'd also use some kind of, you know, they'd use, obviously, bridles and maybe muzzles and, you know, I mean, that makes total sense. Um says, domestication may even explain the lack of tail spikes. Oh, wow. I never considered that either. Cambodian elephants often have their tusks removed before entry into public surface or service. And like our, quote, stegosaur are depicted without these tusks in ancient artwork. Seeing as a reptile waving foot-long tail spikes would be at least as dangerous as a fully tusked elephant, it is easy to imagine that young stegosaurs would have had their, quote, thagomizers, I guess is a slang word for tail spikes, filed or removed before doing the same. I think that's, that's the scientific name, not a slang, but yeah. Oh, okay. Uh-huh. But that's a very likely uh, possibility there. Makes perfect sense. Um, for now, it would seem that science has vindicated the Cambodian stegosaur. While future discoveries may build upon our current understanding of these artifacts, the dinosaurs of Top Rome offer us a rare glimpse into a world lost to the mists of time. Um, yeah. So I thought that was a 
very interesting article there. I'll post that in the, the show description. You guys can look at the photos for yourself. Any other thoughts on that or No, I just no, I read that one though. I mean there's no way that that's <laughs> anyone who wants to deny that that's a you know, a a Stegosaur is just being dishonest. You know? Oh yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean the second the second carving is extremely clear. You know. <laughs> I mean it literally fits the modern reconstruction. So that that would actually vindicate that the modern reconstruction is accurate. So that would uh, dispel our former theory that we had that maybe they uh, put a false head on there in order to uh, obscure this connection with the, you know, the Anger Watt carving. Yeah. So it looks like the head is actually genuine, and then it's like this paper says they had some kind of muzzle type and bridle on the uh which would explain the the odd head on the first carving. Okay, so uh one other thing I wanted to talk about. So I listened to this is from the latest Globuster show from us this past Sunday. Or this, yeah, this past Sunday. And I posted a, well, I spliced out some audio from that and uploaded it into the, onto our show already. But this was another thing they talked about on that call, or on that show. Apparently there's this, uh, this plane flight uh, that was from the northern hemisphere to the southern. It was from uh, Zurich. Oh, let's see. Let's see where it was from. Um, Zurich, Switz- Zurich, Switzerland to uh, San Paulo, I think. Uh, South America. Yeah. And I'll, I'll post all the links in the description. Um, but the whole thing was filmed. It had a camera, I guess, mounted on it. Uh, filming the, the the sky. It was nighttime. So was filming the stars the whole time. It was like a long exposure camera. And uh, the constellations and the stars did not change throughout the entire flight. Which literally completely demolishes the heliocentric theory. I mean, that literally proves that the Earth cannot possibly be a globe or that the heliocentrism is true. Do you understand why? Wait, they didn't move at all? Like, they weren't even rotating in a... I mean, they they moved in that sense a little bit, but the orientation of them didn't change at all. I don't understand how that would be. Oh, I'm trying to picture it. Like uh, the orientation of the constellations didn't change for the stars. There weren't any new stars either. Like the Big Dipper was seen 
the, the Milky Way, and you could, their Milky Way was seen the whole time, and it didn't change at all. The orientation didn't change. What the part of the Milky Way you were seeing the whole time didn't change. But the, you could also see the Big Dipper pretty much like right in the middle of the the screen the whole time, and it didn't change. Orientation of it didn't change. It stayed the exact same. You know, orientation the whole time. Uh, yeah. Do you understand how this? Are you getting what I'm saying? How this is a huge problem? Yeah. Well, I'm. If you're on a, if you're on a globe and you're going from the northern hemisphere down past the equator to the southern hemisphere, I think all the constellations not only they'd have to flip upside down, right? But wouldn't they have to invert also, like left to right? There's no possible way they wouldn't change at all. That's impossible. Their orientation is it would have to change by necessity, right? Yeah, but see, I'm not only I'm not only that, but I'm you'd see, you would have you would have to see new constellations and new stars as well, because they say that they say that the northern hemisphere of stars is different from the southern. Yeah, right? now that that I would expect that some would disappear, you know, supposedly from curvature the Globers would say, but but uh vanishing point we would say. I mean some are no longer visible, right, if you go far enough. Yeah. Yeah, and then you start seeing new constellations supposedly, right? New stars. Yeah which didn't happen in this at all. Hmm. <laughs> but not only that, but what I'm saying is you saw the big, you see the Big Dipper the whole way, and it's it's the same orientation. But like, if you go, if the, or if the Big Dipper's like right side up, and you start out in the Northern Hemisphere, and you pass the equator and go to the, the Southern Hemisphere, wouldn't it have to like flip? How could it remain the same orientation, not move at all? Yeah, that's why I'm confused. Because even on a flat Earth, I would expect it to be flipped around. Like you, you know, like if you're at one end. Okay, so like if if there. Okay, so giving a hypothetical constellation, if there are three stars. Well, I think that, row, that would only happen on the flat Earth if you if you look behind you at it, right? Yeah. Wouldn't that be the case? I mean, if it's yeah. still if it's still in front of you and you just keep going straight towards it, it wouldn't flip. Okay, yeah, yeah. Right? So it w- if they stayed in front of them. That's what you're saying. Yeah. Uh huh. Like it wasn't. It was. They didn't get far enough to where they were no. past it. No. See, that's that's weird to me, even with the flat Earth model, because, like, I mean, I would expect it to be like a giant chandelier. Like, if you get past a certain point under it. You're going to be looking at the little crystal dangly lights differently. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that doesn't make sense to me at all. <laughs> That's weird. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, it's just totally—it's totally damning to the heliocentric. It's impossible. There's a vid- there's a YouTube video where this guy he goes over it and explains how it's impossible um, on the globe model, the heliocentric model. I'll post that in the description too. But he was on the Globusters call talking. Apparently, he's like the—he's considered almost like the the spokesperson for like the Argent 
for the Spanish Globusters, I guess. He's from Argentina. Apparently Flat Earth is just like exploding internationally now. Like even on YouTube, I guess. He was saying that there's a ton of uh, Hispanic uh, Flat Earth videos. Like it's just exploding everywhere. Um, no. Well, I hope it gets around to people somehow because they don't listen to me. <laughs> yeah, they're still in they're still in major cognitive mode when I try to tell them. It's just immediate. They just start laughing. It's a programmed response, and they tune you out. They they laugh. They walk away. They wave their hand like ah, he's just joking. He's just trying to make us laugh. One other thing about the plane flight is that the plane stayed, I mean, it's using the artificial horizon, right? It stayed level the whole time. You know, it didn't change its orientation either. Yeah. I mean, this this whole thing, just this video, right, it, it proves that the Earth is not a ball. It just does. <laughs> totally devastating. I, I don't understand how possibly the Big Dipper constellation, how that wouldn't the orientation of it wouldn't change at all, or any of the other stars. If you're going on a globe, you're going down over the equator hump, and then down and around in the south. How could that, how could that be possible? If the camera is pointing forwards the whole time, you get what I'm saying? Yeah. If the camera is pointing in the same direction the whole time, that's completely impossible. Right. <laughs> One would think. On a ball? That's totally impossible. You get what I'm saying? Yeah. The Earth would have to be a plane, and the stars would have to be horizontal, parallel to that plane. That's the only way that it could be possible. You know? Mm-hmm. Just it's the, only, it's the only way. <laughs> yeah. I'll post all the links though, in the episode description so you can check it out. But... Yeah, I was even talking to my my coworker today too. Um, I was like, "Yeah, I mean, I I think the flat Earth that's one of the biggest the heliocentric model is one of the biggest problems with Christianity today, modern Christianity, because the Bible clearly teaches that God or Yahweh he sits on a throne. He's he's a concrete person. I agree with Drake on this." teaches that he's a concrete entity, he's sitting on a throne above above us, literally, right? Mm-hmm. Geographically, spatially. That's completely incompatible with this heliocentric model, which the church has adopted foolishly. Because now, I mean, there's no God in the heliocentric model of the universe. You can't have God as a concrete entity in the heliocentric model. It's completely impossible. There's no God anywhere, you know? Yeah. That's why Christians then have to conclude that God is some kind of abstraction. He's just this abstract thing, you know? Yeah, well, I mean, he's there, but he's so far away and at an unknown distance that you can't 
you know, you can't even, we don't even know what the edges of our little aquarium tank look like in the heliocentric NASA cosmology, that it's effectively as if he doesn't exist. He, you know, he's the sky fairy, like the atheists like to say. He's an abstraction, which is yeah. the same, basically the same thing as he doesn't exist, yeah. Because an abstraction, by definition, doesn't... <laughs> he's not a concrete, you know what I mean? It has no concrete existence. Um, they have to adopt the Platonic conception of God. You know, God transcends being, non-being. He transcends all categories of language, and, you know, he's just this abstraction thing. And that's not what the Bible, you know, that's not what the Bible teaches or what any of the ancients believed about God. You know, they believe he had an actual physical form and he had an actual geographical location, right, which was above them. Yep. Sat, sat on an actual throne above them. Yeah. Christians don't believe any of that. All right, well, that's all I had to start before uh, you read more Ogenus. Do you have anything you want to talk about? Well, I could talk about something that recently, a conversation I've been having recently. Sure. Speaking of uh, Christians don't believe that, (laughs) Christians don't believe their own holy book, I recently, I don't know if I told you this on the call, I think I told you somewhere. Anyway, I I gave my mom actually. She surprisingly enough to me listened all the way through my my Torah study on polygamy being okay with God. Are you talking uh, about the one we did? Yeah. I printed out the basic <laughs> outline. I walked her through it and I answered her objections which were you know, some of them were the most of them were just the stuff you've, we've all heard before, which I debunk in that report, which is not that long. And uh, she was okay with it the first time. And then I saw her a few days ago now, and uh, it's like she completely forgot about it. It's like it didn't take because she doesn't like the idea. I mean, it's, yeah. it was literally yeah. – um, I could see it. I could see the the hamster wheel heating up spinning and trying to get out of uh, believing it. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, I could see she didn't believe it or she didn't uh, remember it because she didn't like it. It's, it was literally that simple. It was an emotional thing. Oh, yeah. Yep. That's how it always is with women, dude. That's why I don't even try to reason with women really ever anymore because you can't. They don't, they don't think with reason like men do. Yeah. You know, that's why if, if, you know, if I, since I'm like looking for a woman right now, if I, I mean, the, like the number one thing is they have to believe the Bible, you know. I mean, yeah. if we can't talk about God, we can't, there's no, we can't talk about anything. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And I'm not even going to try to convince you because with men, you know, I can go through the whole presuppositionalism thing and like with most men, if I, when I go through all that, 
they'll be forced to admit, like, yeah, I can't, I either can't explain, you know, I can't get around this, or like, yeah, logically, God has to exist. And they'll be forced to conclude that, you know what I mean? Because it's, you know, you're using reason, you're showing them by logic how it has to be the case, right? Yeah. You can't do that with women. <laughs> I can't do that with women. I'm not even going to try, you know. Most yeah. women, they're just so too emotional. They, they can't even, you can't, you can't reason with them like that, you know. Yeah. So just, see, just, the, the frustrating thing is you know that women are capable of being reasonable, but when they don't like what you're trying to tell them, they refuse to accept it. They argue yeah. dishonestly. And then yeah, they uh, try to guilt you or shame you or intimidate you or whatever to shut you up when they don't like yeah. what you're telling them. Yeah. Throw a temper tantrum, yeah. Uh-huh. And and men, some do that. You know, the ones who are girly, wimpy little faggots. Man, a lot less, person. a lot less, though. It's not in men's nature to do that, or as it is, yeah. in the, it's just the nature of the female. You know, they just, they're... They're not meant to. That's why the. This, I mean, this gets to the main point of the Bible. That's why the, the women were under patriarchal authoritarian rule in the Bible. Yeah. The men weren't ruled by anyone else. The men ruled the women. Author, author, in an authoritarian way. You know, every facet of their life was ruled. Author, in an authoritarian way by men. There was a point for that, you know. I mean, yeah. women are not capable of thinking for themselves. They're just not. They're not even wired to do that. They're they're too emotional. They they can't think like men can. They can't think with reason and logic. You know, it's not. They need to be. They they need to be ruled in a totalitarian way. It's just a fact, you know. Agreed, yeah. They need to be led, led like little children, told what to think all the time, or they're going to think wrong because they're so emotional and their <laughs> emotions dictate how they think. You know, mm-hmm. it's just the way it is. Yeah. So, anyway, she she sent me a copy and pasted short little half a page article, you know, whining about how Solomon, first of all, it's calling his behavior sinful. It's assuming, you know, it's it's assuming from the start that polygamy is a sin. And, uh, you know, it's, it's incre- incredibly arrogant. The, uh, the fake pastor who wrote it said, I do not expect to see Solomon in heaven, although I am not the judge, you know, and then he continues on with his bullshit twisting of the Bible. You know. <laughs> wow. You know, cowardly little traitorous faggot who's, you know, pay, getting paid to... Uh, he doesn't expect to see Solomon in the, in, the, in the floaty place? <laughs> right. The Bible says we're not, even, that we're not even going to? Oh, okay. Yeah. And, then he, and then he's judging his polygamy as sin, you know, while saying he is not the judge. <laughs> total, <laughs> yeah. Total. While saying saying judgment liar. judgment is wrong. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, I could have copy and pasted my whole report and sent it to her, so she so she'd have the text. 
but I knew that that's not really it wouldn't help her. She would uh, weasel her way out of that. So yeah. this is my quick response to her. I'm sorry, <laughs> but uh, this writer is arguing dishonestly, or at least very ignorantly. I could debunk his points easily, and I did cover them and more the first time I talked to you through this. But really, it's not my place to teach you biblical doctrine. Go ask your husband. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I know she'll never do that because. She is terrified of the possibility that my conclusions are right, that polygamy is not a well, polygyny is not a sin. And uh, she, there's no way she would risk her husband stumbling across that fact. So she's, well, she's never going to ask anyway because she's probably the one in charge in the relationship, like exactly. all women today. Exactly. Yeah. I mean,. <laughs> They shouldn't. These women shouldn't have to ask their husbands. Their husbands should be telling them that their husbands should be ruling them in a totalitarian way and telling them what to think and what they believe should be dependent on what their husbands have told them to believe. I mean, that's just the way it is. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just this whole society is cucked. I mean, that's basically what I told my friend, dude, my coworker. I'm like, dude. Christianity is cucked. It's a effeminate, emasculated, matriarchal, matriarchal religion. That's what it is. The whole thing is cucked. I mean, it's just, you know? Yeah. <sighs> yeah, and, and then she, then she uh, snarked back at me. Or I could read it myself. I can read, you know. I do have a brain, you know. And I'm just thinking, yeah, I have no evidence of that fact, ma'am. Actually, no, not yeah. ma'am. Darn it. Yeah. Darn it, I said ma'am. You know my feelings on that. We've talked on that. I'm still <laughs> detoxing my vocabulary from that word. Anyway, and then she, then she did that cop out. I guess we'll just have to agree to disagree. That's fine with me. Yeah, which means I'm not going to use so logic. Chris, yeah, Chris, which means I don't want to make, I don't want to be forced into a logical conclusion with this. So I'm just going to appeal to emotion and, yeah. And then she finished with, it's not so much about knowledge as it is about relationship. I love you. Yep, there you go. The feels. <laughs> the feels, yeah. Arbitrary oh, feelings or, yeah. Uh-huh. She's a poser. Yeah. She calls Jesus Christ her Lord with one side of her mouth, and she spits and rejects his spits on and rejects his word out of the other. Refuses yeah. to seek the knowledge, you know. Refuses to uh, seek the truth. Hates the truth. Yep. Yeah, that's pretty much. Ended, that sounds a lot like I the conversation I had. Huh? I just ended. Let me just finish it. It's okay. Just, yeah. Uh, said to her, that's what I thought, and I'm leaving it at that. I'm ignoring her replies after that because it's like she didn't want to know. She's yeah. trying to shut down my, uh, you know, she's trying to shut down this topic because she doesn't like it. That's it. Nothing's yep. going to convince her because she doesn't want to be convinced. No, no. All right, I'm done. Well, I mean, that sounds a lot like the conversation I had with that coworker today. I mean, I just. I basically said, you know, that's why I love reading the Bible, because the Bible is so masculine. If you, if you read it, it's extremely masculine. I was like, you know, it'll, it'll like, ups your T-levels just by reading it. 
It's so it's the opposite of what this religion of Christianity has told us. You know, a lot this whole universal brotherhood of man, you know. You have to love everyone universally. It doesn't teach that at all. To tolerate the wicked and love them, it doesn't teach that. It doesn't teach this pacifist, cucked religion that's completely destroyed our country. You know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, <laughs> it's like, just, just look at the... I don't even I was like, look at the life of Samson, dude. Like, I've heard Drake talk about this, too. It's totally true. The guy was like a complete lunatic vigilante, like killing people just left and right. Foreigners, by the way. You know, this uh, foreign occupying government, you know, the Philistines. Yeah. And I mean, he was praised as a man of God. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So, uh... <laughs> Yeah, this whole it taught a tribal love, you know, a, a racial love and preference, and teach love everyone universally and uh, universal brotherhood of man. And uh, no, and I was telling him too, you know, like this whole freedom of religion thing. I mean, that was a huge mistake. Because we, we enfranchise the wicked, and now they're rightfully destroying us because of it. You know? Yeah. Yeah, for real, dude. Yeah. You don't see this toleration of the wicked or this, this love for the wicked and the body. I mean, that's... Why did David say, you know, I hate those who raise up against you, Yahweh. I hate them with perfect hatred. That's not, that sound like toleration or love for the enemy. You know what I mean? <laughs> Just crazy. They forgot to put that one in the coloring books in Sunday school. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, dude, I can't stand him. You know, I, I've been reading for a long time about how women can be dishonest, like completely, you know, churchian, fake Christian women, mm-hmm. how dishonest they can be and look so nice at the same time. And it's hard to tell because, you know, they do it and they smile and they seem sincere and they're polite and they're friendly. You know, it's it's really creepy to see it. It's like, I don't know, it's like men in black. It's like you realize that nice little face with a smile on it, with a usually sweet voice. It's got a cockroach inside of that skin, you know? Mm-hmm. It's harder mm-hmm. than human. <laughs> it's just, ugh. Yeah. Yeah, this coworker was trying to tell me that I could, like, find a girl in, a, in the church or in a church. I'm like, dude, I don't know. I don't know where, I don't know how you're saying that. Like, these churches are... They're literally just communist. I, I consider churches just communist education centers with just a veneer of sp- spirituality on top. But they Temples are. to the I mean, vagina. Yeah. Yep. 
none of these women in these churches believe the Bible, what it says. I mean, it's just a fact. You know, they... <laughs> I just don't see it. Yeah, it's a service industry for their feelings to worship them and boost their self-esteem or, you know, pride yeah. is really what it is. Yeah. And uh, they don't even go there to learn doctrine, really. They... Oh, hell no. Well, they, they don't even teach doctrine, be, really, in church. Yeah. They go there to be whipped into a trance. Of, that's because uh, churches are effeminate. I mean, it all comes back to the same problem of women's liberation, how it never should have happened, because it just destroyed everything. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like, we went from a patriarchal society to a matriarchal society, and everything went downhill from there. What does that tell you? Mm. You know? Mm -hmm. I don't know, man, and these liberals and these atheists, they just manipulate and they twist the Bible against us because they know that we're cucked, and they know that we're a pacifist, suicidal religion, and... These liberals and these atheists, they want war, dude. They want blood. You know what I mean? They know it's us or them, you know. They know that that's what this reality comes down to. It's one has to be conquered or the other has to be conquered, you know. Yeah. And <laughs> they're win- that's why they're winning right now. They're killing us, you know. Because mm-hmm. they understand that and... We've we've been cucked by the by the religion. Yeah, that's that's why I don't do church anymore. I don't go to church because I can't find one that's real. Well, I, I know that sounds them, like the bleeding like, heart only... excuse of every liberal, but in my case, you know, it's like, why bother? They're just, they don't even worship the same God. Yeah, they worship a feminine God. The, mm-hmm. Yeah, some castrated God. I don't, I don't know what, but definitely not the, the God of the Bible who's, <laughs> mm-hmm. I mean, he's patriarchal and masculine as he gets. See my my uh my best option that I've found has been to start a face group, Facebook group for only guys you know Christian guys who are already interested in uh theology you go uh-huh. into one that's uh you know, whatever denomination, it actually doesn't matter, you know. You go into one where you can find a good number of uh, guys, you just start bringing up the topics that the girls don't like, you know, like, like, uh, you know, how there's a huge unbiblical divorce epidemic and it's 80% of divorces are initiated by women or polygamy is allowed, it was never abrogated, you know, whatever anti-feminist issue is. And uh, 
eventually it'll it'll polarize everyone. And then uh, you just start making friends with the guys who are open, you know, the guys who know this stuff or are, have never heard it but will actually listen to you. And uh, you friend them and you say, hey, they're not even letting us talk because I guarantee you they won't. The women and the manginas in there will try to shut you down. They'll tattle on you. They'll report you. They'll get you kicked out if they're, you know, one of the admins. And oh, yeah. uh, you just you gut the group. You just slice them open and uh, take out all the honest, actual Christians. Mm-hmm. Brain drain, they mm-hmm. call it. And uh, I guarantee you, well, at least from what I've seen with the group I'm in, one of them, the group that you take the honest people away from, it'll be dead quiet in there. Like, they don't, they won't have anything interesting anymore. Conversation. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> no, because it's dead. Yeah. yeah I, I was talking to my, I was talking to my coworker, too, about just the double standards in the church, you know, how they, basically just proving how they're emasculated. Just, it's matriarchal, you know? I mean, how they, uh, you know, they never talk about I mean, women could not even divorce men in the Bible. Period. Yeah. They never they never talk about this in the church. You know, they'll talk about divorce, but they won't talk about like you just said how most of it's initiated by women and how the whole legal system favors women and divorce and actually basically enfranchises them and encourages them to divorce. You know, pretty much rewards them for it. And, you know, they they don't talk about the huge suicide rates among, you know, uh, divorced men or, I mean, they don't talk about, uh, you know, the, abor- the abortion holocaust going on amongst these liberated women. Um, they, most of the time, they praise single mothers, you know, how brave they are and, yeah, All heroes for life just because they didn't hire a uh, an assassin to chop their baby up. Yeah, I mean, not that it's. Well, even I if mean, they I'm do commit abortions, it's like it's like, oh well, you know, they just they they sent the baby to the the floaty place. <laughs> yeah, I mean, good thing we liberated them so they could send all these unborn children to the the floaty place. You know, just right away. <laughs> I mean, they're they're doing them a favor, right? I mean, seriously, it's just insane. You know, Ugh, yeah, dude. Don't get me started. I, I I can't trust hardly. I don't know of a single female that I've ever met in real life who I know gets this stuff. I know there's a very small number out there who accept it, but I've never met one in person. I think you got to find. I don't know about any woman in America, unless you're like maybe in the South somewhere. Yeah, or Amish or Mormon, something. Yeah. You know. I think you got to find like a Croatian woman or Serbian woman or somebody over, I, somewhere over in Europe somewhere still where it's. I, I don't know. Yeah, Slavic, that seems to be Eastern European. Yeah, that seems to be where they still have some semblance of nationalism left and I don't know respect for their heritage and identity and somewhat not feminist 
You know why it's like that, right? It's probably a reaction to what's going on in Europe. But well, the world wars and the communist stuff. You know, they've already been right. through some of that. Right. Yeah. So they got they swung back towards traditionalism. Exactly. That's what I mean. They've seen it more firsthand. You know, mm-hmm. they're not. Yeah. <laughs> Anyway, that's all I had on that. All right, well, I guess we'll move on to more Ogenus. All right. Okay, so... Hold on. Johnny's messaging me on Facebook. Do you know you're doing a call? No. Sending me like pictures. <laughs> okay, never mind. Nothing important. All right, so uh Okay, so it looks like the next one we were on is muscle cramp. Quote-unquote Charlie horse is a muscle contraction or spasm that is most often painful. Arch your foot or hand backward while gently rubbing your leg or arm. There are a variety of deficiencies that cause cramps, but usually cramps occur when there are high concentrations of uric acid in the muscle accompanied with low blood fat or sugar or mineral levels. Eating concentrated carbohydrate foods without fat can cause cramps in hand, legs, and feet. Eating a combination of fresh, raw, unripe fruit, especially banana or pineapple or melon or tomato, raw fat, unheated honey, and no salt-added raw cheese quickly alleviates cramps. Or drinking 6 to 8 ounces of raw milk blended with 2 ounces bee pollen or fresh raw juice blended with 2 ounces bee pollen or good mineral water blended with three tablespoons grated fresh raw ginger root quickly alleviates cramps. Simply drinking a half to one cup raw cream eases a cramp. Muscular dystrophy is a condition cheap. Yep, yep. I wanted to add one tip for cramps that I learned from the Rosie Crucian notebook. And I actually mentioned uh-huh. this in one of our early calls when you stepped out to use the restroom for a minute or something. Uh-huh. Um, if you stroke the muscle with a cold piece of copper or other cold metal, the copper seems to work very well. It uh, it relaxes the muscle a little bit. Sure. That's all. Okay. Oh, hold on. Plug in my phone. Okay, so uh, muscular dystrophy is a condition cheaply caused by the lack of enzyme mutations for eating cooked meat and cooked proteins, resulting in atrophy 
Antibiotics and vaccines often cause loss of enzyme mutations or the ability to produce enzyme mutations. Physical therapy in conjunction with hot baths and a diet consisting of plenty of raw eggs, raw meat, including raw fish, raw milk before sleep, and at least a half cup of unheated honey daily has stopped and often reversed degeneration. Drinking raw milk when available along with eating raw meat, including raw fish, has helped mineral absorption in this disease. Eating a half unripe banana with four to six tablespoons raw coconut cream and one and a half tablespoons unheated honey helps dissolve hardened muscle cells. Getting as much sunlight as possible without sunblocks or lotions and without sunglasses speeds the healing processes. Muscle soreness usually results from uric acid concentrations in muscles from lack of enough utilizable blood and lymph nutrients, especially enzymes, fat, minerals, and fruit sugar. Taking long hot baths and eating plenty of raw fish with raw avocado and eating raw unripe bananas and melons relieve muscle soreness. Nail biting is caused by mineral deficiencies or severe mineral imbalance. A person eats finger and or toenails instinctively to recycle minerals in the nails. Eating any or all of the following usually corrects this mineral deficiency within three months. No salt added raw cheeses with an equal quantity of fat, especially unsalted raw butter. Fresh raw ocean fish, including scallops, oysters, or clams. Whole raw milk and occasionally a one-fourth teaspoon of clay. Nail problems. Avoiding salt most often settles this condition. Salt dries cells and interferes with mineral and fat utilization in the process of building nails. Ridges in the, in the nails mainly result from mineral deficiencies. Drinking fresh raw milk within two hours after eating raw meat helps mineral assimilation and utilization and consequently this condition. Topically, making a balm of five parts unheated above 96 degrees Fahrenheit fermented coconut oil or stone-pressed olive oil and one part unsalted raw butter when available and rubbing it into the nails two to three times daily is helpful. Nausea is the result of toxins dumping into the stomach to be neutralized or vomited. Drinking a half cup unheated honey mixed with one-fourth cup naturally sparkling mineral water helps ease nausea. The next best remedy is drinking the fresh juice of one lemon mixed with four tablespoons unheated honey and one-fourth cup good mineral water. When experiencing frequent nausea, eating a little no-salt added raw cheese with an equal quantity of raw fat, especially unsalted raw butter and a little unheated honey, will absorb toxins that dumped into the stomach. Night blindness is distorted vision, including depth perception, in dark or dim light. Drinking a blended combination of fresh raw lemon juice, two to three raw eggs, and one to three tablespoons unheated honey alkalizes fluids in the eyeballs. Generally, though, this condition mainly results from low protein levels in the blood. Eating raw red meat gradually improves vision, including depth perception. Drinking raw carrot juice improves the general health of the eyes. Adding a little raw watercress juice to raw carrot juice increases healing of this condition. 
For better eye health, add four tablespoons raw cream or two tablespoons unsalted raw butter to one cup carrot juice. Overweight. Being fat is not a, quote, bad condition. Fat storages are protective to all body systems and provide stamina. But if stored fat cannot be utilized, it can be burdensome as it overtaxes the entire body, causes general exhaustion, and may harden, causing buildups, dryness, and blockages. Low thyroxin production often results from overweight. Overweight often results from the inability to utilize fat, resulting in dry skin and listless hair. Overweight often results from the lack of the enzyme mutations for eating cooked green foods. People who have that enzyme mutation deficiency often have little white spots on the fingernails or toenails. Some people who have excessive insulin production have very watery fat. If slapped, it jiggles like gelatin. The extra water in their fat dilutes the toxicity produced by excessive hormones. Two foods that are especially helpful in reducing watery fat storages are fresh raw lime juice with good mineral water or fresh raw lemon juice with good mineral water. Raw lemons and limes alkalize the tissues and neutralize volatile substances, reducing the need for edema. Eating 40% of the daily calories consumed as raw fat supplies the body with healthy fat that gradually cleanses the system of useless fat or fat that is bound with toxins and stored by the body. For people with firm or solid corpulence, eating a half-raw unripe pineapple daily for two weeks supplies the liver and pancreas with the enzymes they need to remove hardened fat properly. That regime may cause over-emotionality, so be certain to consume enough raw cheese with unsalted raw butter, raw cream, and lots of raw meat. It takes two weeks on a raw diet before the liver and pancreas are balanced enough to begin gradually remove, removing hardened fat storages. Years are required to cleanse those glands of hardened fat. Eating plenty of raw fat ensures that hardened fat will be removed from the body. Pain. Avoiding salt helps prevent the swelling and pressure on nerves that increase pain. A very effective pain remedy has been a blended mixture of 7 to 8 ounces full-fat raw milk, 2 ounces fresh bee pollen, and 1 to 2 tablespoons unheated honey. Drink 2 to 4 ounces immediately and refrigerate remainder. Sip 1 to 2 tablespoons every 20 minutes until pain is gone. Shake each time before drinking. Repeat the entire procedure if pain returns. General pain will also be alleviated by eating raw butter or raw eggs or any other raw fat, especially when combined with unheated honey. Eating eggs is usually necessary during pain for binding with toxins and removing them from the body. Release toxins cause swelling and therefore pain. However, sometimes eating eggs causes more detoxification, which increases or prolongs pain. If pain increases rather than decreases 20 minutes after eating eggs, stop eating eggs until pain has ceased. After pain has stopped, wait two days before eating eggs again. Pain from broken bones. Alex was a 7-year-old boy who completely broke and dislocated both bones in his forearm and experienced a lot of pain. 
to make his pain tolerable. He ate a golf ball-sized amount of fresh antibiotic-free and hormone-free ground turkey with unheated honey and unsalted raw butter, then waited two hours and ate some unripe banana, then waited two hours and ate raw turkey, honey, and butter again, then two hours later he ate banana. He continued eating like that, and within 12 hours his pain was minimal. Tooth pain. Eating plenty of fish and avoiding citrus and ripe fruit, avoiding exercise and avoiding strenuous activities speed this detoxification and reduce pain. However, once when I had an excruciatingly painful toothache to make the pain tolerable, I ate a half cup of raw ground beef with honey and butter, waited two hours, and ate a half unripe banana. Like Alex, I did for broken bone, or like Alex did for broken bones, I alternated those foods continuously for eight hours until the pain subsided. If a person is acidic, eating beef can increase pain rather than alleviate it by raising the adrenaline level and blood pressure. If a person is high in adrenaline, an indication that a person is inclined to be acidic, eating beef may increase pain. Therefore, drinking full-fat raw milk blended with fresh bee pollen and eating raw fish, butter, and honey mixture, and no-salt-added raw cheese midgetate pain. Gum sensitivity is most often the result of low blood protein level accompanied by low blood sugar level. Eating plenty of unheated honey and drinking raw milk with raw meat or within two hours after eating raw meat midgetate gum pain. Chest pains around the heart. Uh, and then it refers to another page. Growing pains are vegetated by drinking plenty of full-fat raw milk and getting fresh air and sunshine. Muscular pain. Drinking plenty of full-fat raw milk, unripe bananas, fresh raw unripe pineapple, unripe melon, non-steamed dates and figs, and plenty of raw eggs most often vegetates muscular pain. Pain caused by fissures in the fingernail tips. Drinking a quart of raw cream daily for one to two weeks when available, then a half cup daily until the condition stabilizes, relieves fissures and pain. If raw cream is not available, drinking the juice of fresh whole coconut meat, raw coconut cream mixed with unheated honey gradually relieves the pain and heals the fissures. Pain behind the knees is often related to anemia. Eating raw meat vegetates that pain. Pain in the temples is in indicative of toxic blood. Drinking the fresh raw juice of lemons between meals meditates that pain. Pains in hands and feet are very often from low blood mineral absorption. Consuming plenty of unheated honey with food and in between eating meal foods most often meditates hand and foot pain. Eating raw fish and no salt added raw cheeses with an equal quantity of unsalted raw butter help correct mineral balances. Pain in the eyes and throat is often from a cooked lactose, pasteurized milk intolerance. Drinking full-fat raw milk mixed with plenty of unheated honey and avoiding raw eggs until pain is gone midgetate those pains. If raw milk is not available, eating raw meat and drinking the fresh raw coconut cream with unheated honey midgetates pain. General tightness in the body often occurs from deteriorated nerve coatings or myelin. Eating plenty of raw fat, raw fish, and as much unheated honey as possible with all food vegetates this pain and gradually restores the myelin. Hey, man. Yep. Is it? Is he spelling it wrong, or 
It's, it's mitigate, not midgetate. Is it his typo or? No, I was just pronouncing it wrong. <laughs> oh, okay. That's okay. No, it was confusing me for a minute. I was like, oh, okay. And then I recognized Oh, whoops. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, mitigate. Okay. I don't know how I did that, but yeah. That's all right. All right. Well, thanks for correcting me. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> sorry to interrupt. <laughs> All right, so uh, paranoia is an exaggerated fear that someone, something, or life in general is going to destroy you. The psychological cause is cynicism. The the physiological cause is low blood pressure caused by allergies to pollutants, including medical or recreational drugs and pollution and or poor diet. Eating the nut formula or fresh raw garlic with a cooked starch and or raw meat usually raises blood pressure within minutes and dissolves paranoia within 40 minutes. If drugs are continued, garlic has a limited effect on raising blood pressure and removing paranoia. Parasites that live in the body are friendly and should be allowed to run their course. They eat weak, damaged, and decaying tissue. Parasites usually occur in individuals lacking enzyme mutations for eating cooked green and red fruits and vegetables. Caffeine causes weakening and decaying of tissue. If you get too weak during a tapeworm detoxification, eating plenty of fresh raw onions with meat usually forces the tapeworm to evacuate with feces. Drinking lime juice usually prevents or minimizes any parasite's ability to reproduce. Avoiding cooked green and cooked red fruits and vegetables, including caffeine, and plenty, and eating plenty of fresh, raw, red, orange, and green foods, raw vegetable juices, unheated honey, and fresh, raw lemon juice cleanse the tissues and stop future need for parasites. So that dispels the majority of, like, alternative health claims just right there. Uh. Parasites are actually symbiotic and help you, which makes total sense. I mean, if you look at it from the perspective of nature, you know. <laughs> yeah. You look at parasites in nature, they don't eat living tissue. They only eat dead or decaying tissue. So if you have parasites in your body, it's probably because they need to be there, and you probably shouldn't do a parasite cleanse. Yeah. You're probably actually going to harm yourself. <laughs> Instead yeah, of helping yourself. I wish I would have huh? known, known that before I did two in my life. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I will. Well, now you know. So. Okay, so uh, Parkinson's disease is the slow disruption of, a, of an essential type of nerve cell. Overproduction of adrenaline accompanied by metal toxicity is often the major cause. Nerve cells spend too much fat trying to protect themselves from the high adrenaline acidity. Acidity. Consequently, nerve cells are left deficient and vulnerable to toxins. Compoundedly, adrenaline often leaches fat from nerve cells. Symptoms, rigidity, cramps, and involuntary movements. Eating a nut formula or small amounts of cooked starches with plenty of raw fat at least three times daily reduces the high adrenaline that leads to nerve damage. Avoiding cooked meats, except cooked chicken, once weekly if necessary. For Parkinson's, eating cooked meat creates too many volatile toxins causing irritation to nerves and glands, 
dryness and overproduction of adrenaline. Eating plenty of raw meat, especially fresh raw fish and or raw fowl, allows for healing and regeneration of nerve tissue. Processed sugars very often cause adrenaline and insulin overproduction. Therefore, avoiding cooked and processed sugars is essential in correcting Parkinson's disease. Pellagra is severe malnutrition that is most common among people who mainly eat corn. However, low-grade pellagra is common with all people who have not developed enzyme mutations for eating cooked or processed greens. Early symptoms, anxiety, depression, loss of appetite and weight, reddened and swollen tongue, and weakness. Progress symptoms, skin changes, severe nerve dysfunction, and diarrhea. Pellagra can most often be alleviated if the sufferer avoids eating or drinking cooked green foods. Eating fresh raw greens or the juice of raw greens, if desired, helps flush the accumulated resins that are a major factor in this disease. Eating a raw diet restores health. Pernicious anemia is the gradual reduction in the numbers of blood cells because the bone marrow fails to produce mature red blood cells. Pernicious anemia most often develops from low blood sugar, usually because of the inability to digest or utilize cooked and processed sugars. Symptoms, weakness, gastrointestinal problems, sore tongue, sallow skin, and tingling extremities. Avoid cooked and processed sugars. Eating raw meats, a little raw unripe fruit, and a minimum of a half cup Unheated honey daily supplies the nutrients necessary to reverse that condition. Since many other malfunctions are the result of pernicious anemia, eating small amounts of raw foods every few hours instead of large meals keeps the body freshly supplied with nutrients. Eating raw meat, especially beef, at least once daily with a nut formula or a little cooked starch with plenty of raw fat inspires healing. When the body begins to have hot flashes, pernicious anemia has begun to reverse. During hot flashes, it is beneficial to consume unheated honey in a good mineral water or in raw milk. Plebitis. I don't know if I'm saying that right. Yeah. Plebitis is inflammation of vein walls, most commonly occurring in the legs. This is a fat and protein deficiency, most often resulting from the inability to digest or assimilate or utilize cooked fat and cooked proteins. In many cases, oral birth control pills and injected contraceptives cause plebitis. Many cases are results of sulfa drugs or other medications taken to reduce water retention and aluminum poisoning. Symptoms, swollen and reddened veins, increased pulse rate, slight fever, and pain. Consuming plenty of raw meat, including raw fish with raw milk, no salt added, unheated cheese with an equal quantity of raw fat strengthens the veins. Pain can be minimized by eating the honey butter mixture or raw milk blended with bee pollen. If feeling nervous, drinking a raw fertile egg by itself is calming. Uh, Pneumonia is inflammation of the tiny air sacs in the lungs that fill with fluids and mucus. This usually happens following a severely stressful detoxification or medical procedure that has consumed all available nutrients. Consequently, mucus cannot be properly constructed to protect the lungs. 
Then even a particle of dust or lint in the lungs causes fluids to collect, trying to cleanse the lint, the lungs. Pneumonia is always associated with internal or airborne toxins that irritate lungs and result in allergy. Symptoms, fever and chills, more mucus, fatigue, rapid respiration, cough, sharp chest pains, and sometimes headache. Eating a little raw fish every couple of hours and drinking plenty of orange smoothies, that is, two to four raw eggs blended with raw, fresh orange juice, usually has ended this severe detoxification in two days. Continuing to drink the raw orange smoothies daily and eating only one cup of raw meat for one week has brought the mucous membranes to a healing state. After that, eating a balanced raw diet that included raw eggs and plenty of raw meat, including raw fish, strengthened and restored the mucous membranes to very good health. Poison ivy, poison oak, and poison sumac are itchy skin rashes that ooze when those plants' oils contact the skin. Contact the skin. They do not bother everybody. Those easily vaporized oils land on the skin or enter the respiratory system and burn the skin, causing blisters that ooze, itch, and seem to spread. The body absorbs, dilutes, and distributes the oils over the largest area necessary to exhaust the volatility of the oils. The way to remove the oils is to absorb and dissolve them. Firstly, rubbing raw and pasteurized apple cider vinegar into effective and surrounding areas helps neutralize the oils. Secondly, applying clay thickly to affected and surrounding areas, letting it dry and rinsing helps draw the, draw the oils from the skin. Thirdly, the Ayurvedic and tribal healing approach works best. Rubbing your urine onto the affected and surrounding areas once or twice daily and leaving it on all day and night usually subdues irritation and heals the condition. Urine, with its ammonia and proteins, helps dilute and neutralize the oils that have penetrated deep into the skin. Fourthly, one and a half to two hours after urine has been on the skin, applying the Primal Facial Body Care Cream helps further neutralize the oils and soothe and protect the skin from additional burn. I'm not allergic to poison ivy, so that's good. Me neither, but I am with poison oak. I'm not sure about poison oak. I've never I don't think I've ever got in any. Yeah, I got it one time in Northern California. Uh-huh. Scratched my arms till I bled and still itched. It's horrible. Oh jeez. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's gross too. It gives you yellow pussy blisters. Uh-huh. So did it just go go away eventually or uh, eventually do like for after it? 2 to 3 weeks of of slowly waning pain and itching. And <laughs> a mess, man. Wow. Huh. So uh, polio is a viral detoxification of the spinal cord. Polio occurs in an individual who has an allergy to eating cooked green foods and cooked red fruits and vegetables. His or her digestion has not mutated to fractionate, assimilate, or utilize those foods properly. Consequently, resins and residues collect in the spinal cord. However, most often polio has been caused by metal toxicity, especially from vaccines and household and agricultural pesticides that embed, contaminate, and degenerate spinal tissue. In all cases of spinal cord contamination in which the body utilizes the polio myelitis virus for detoxification, uh, 
poor nutrition during that detoxification often results in massive nerve cell destruction, resulting in partial paralysis. Symptoms at the viral stage, nausea, fever, diarrhea, irritability, and headache. Eating raw greens, raw red fruits and vegetables, plenty of smoothies, unheated honey, raw fat, and raw and pasteurized apple cider vinegar has helped remove the resins that have collected in the spine and nervous system that the poliomyelitis detoxifies without causing permanent paralysis. Eating raw meat often, including raw fish and or raw fowl, restored nerve health. When a person already had paralysis from polio, eating those foods that were suggested above and avoiding those that should be avoided gradually reversed some paralysis in every case. Premenstrual syndrome, PMS. Low pyruvate, or protein sugar, level in the blood is the main problem in PMS. Coffee and substances with caffeine, such as sodas, aspirin, and chocolate, irritate glands and nerves, creating toxicity, low blood sugar, and irritability. If you eat or drink a substance with caffeine during PMS, you are likely to hate everyone. (laughs) Also, avoiding processed, cooked, and even raw sweets, unless it is raw, unripe fruit with raw fat, helps prevent hormonal imbalances associated with PMS. Avoiding eating cooked meats because they create too many volatile toxins, drying and irritating the entire body. Women with too high adrenaline levels should eat mostly white raw meats during PMS. Eating raw unripe fruit, raw green vegetable juices, and unheated honey encourages alkalinity and psychological stability. Drinking full-fat raw milk when available and eating fresh raw fish, raw mushrooms, and a diet that is high in raw fat works wonders. Women who get listless during and after menstruation develop a type of anemia during their cycle. Eating plenty of raw meat alleviates that condition. Eating white with red meat helps prevent irritability. Prostatitis is a detoxification of the prostate gland. This is primarily related to the lack of enzyme mutations for eating cooked and processed greens. The resins and residues have collected in the prostate. When prostatitis is compounded with pollution, prostate cancer often results. Symptoms, pain between the scrotum and rectum, frequent urination accompanied by a burning sensation, blood or pus in the urine, and fever. Add the following symptoms for long-term prostatitis, lower back pain, premature ejaculation, or loss of potency. Drinking 8 to 12 ounces raw green vegetable juices with a half teaspoon raw and pasteurized apple cider vinegar once or twice daily helps cleanse resins and residues that have collected in the prostate over many years of eating cooked greens. Eating zucchini, pumpkin seeds, and unheated bee pollen helps to revitalize the prostate gland. Psoriasis is characterized by patches of red eruptions on the skin that are sometimes covered with dry, silvery scales. Those sores usually grow in size without healing. Psoriasis is mainly from lack of enzyme mutations for eating cooked red fruits and vegetables. Those resins congest the lymphatic system. Allergies to volatile toxins is also a factor in many cases. 
eating plenty of raw fat, fresh raw tomato puree, and other raw red and orange foods like strawberries, cherries, red bell peppers, oranges, and carrot juice, along with a balanced raw diet, reverses this condition in time. Uh, pyorrhea is most often a detoxification of the brain and glands in the mouth that eliminates through the gums, often forming pus and causing loosening of teeth. Sometimes that condition is caused by lactose intolerance. Pyorrhea can be controlled by improving mineral absorption. Avoiding pasteurized dairy is essential. When drinking raw milk, preferably with extra cream, blending in unheated honey usually promotes lactose digestion. However, if there is still some upset from drinking milk, avoiding milk altogether and eating plenty of raw fish settles pyorrhea. Drinking juices too quickly can cause blood pressure to rise too quickly and make teeth and gums more sensitive. Therefore, it is better to sip juices. Or eating no-salt-added raw cheese with raw juices prevents the blood pressure problem, and this combination supplies added raw minerals that are so lacking in pyorrhea. Drinking fresh raw ginger root and unheated honey mixed in good mineral water or fresh raw vegetable juices soothes and promotes healing of the gums. The ginger may be pressed with a garlic press, juiced or shredded, and set to stand in water or in juice for an hour or more. Because of the solidity of gums and associated nerves, it takes at least three months to stabilize this condition. Having patience and eating properly will see a person through without having to have teeth extracted. Inflammation usually prevents chewing, so blending raw foods and making raw meat into pate makes eating easier. General gum sensitivity is most often the result of low blood protein level accompanied by low blood sugar level. General gum sensitivity should not be confused with pyorrhea. Radiation burn. Topically, applying a poultice made of one cup raw coconut cream, unheated above 96 degrees Fahrenheit fermented coconut oil or stone-pressed olive oil, a half cup fresh raw tomato puree, one raw fertile egg, and a half tablespoon of sun-dried powdered clay on radiation burn, covering with a white cotton or silk cloth for at least one hour four times daily soothes and promotes healing. Fresh raw aloe vera, vera gel taken directly from a leaf may be added to that formula for better results. Drinking within four hours of making a mixture of 15 raw eggs, two unripe bananas, and a half cup unheated honey blended together helps heal and strengthen burned cells. Adding fresh raw aloe vera gel to that recipe improves results. For the rest of the day, eating plenty of raw full-fat milk and honey or raw, fresh, unripe fruit and raw fish, and getting plenty of fresh air in the shade, soothes and refreshes the body. Rash is a detoxification of or through the skin, often involving yeast. The remedies for burns usually affect immediate relief from itching and aid, and aid healing. Another effective solve can be made by blending a half tomato, one teaspoon unheated above 96 degrees Fahrenheit fermented coconut oil, or raw coconut cream or stone-pressed olive oil, one-fourth teaspoon sun-dried clay, and one-eighth teaspoon royal jelly. Alternating these two solves, salves, speeds detoxification and usually prevents thickened and hardened tissue or scarring. Rectal itching. 
is most often unidentified yeast cleaning the area. Soak a cotton or silk cloth in a mixture of equal portions of plain raw kefir and raw and pasteurized apple cider vinegar and slightly tuck the cloth into the rectum. Let it stay overnight and all day for constant relief until the rectal detoxification stops. For longer-lasting relief with only nightly insertion of the cloth, add to that mixture unheated above 96 Fahrenheit fermented coconut oil or cold-pressed below 96 degrees Fahrenheit peanut oil. Either oil may be used by itself, but itching may be persistent. The most effective remedy for speeding detoxification and healing the rectum has been to insert a small finger-sized slice of raw beef into the rectum, leaving only one-eighth inch protruding from the anus all day and night. So there's your uh, remedy there again, Ross. No, I'd rather bleed. That's gross. <laughs> Not to be done. <laughs> hey man, if it works, it works. All right, so uh, rheumatic fever is a detoxification of connective tissue linking muscles, cartilage, and bone. It occurs mainly in children ages 4 to 18 whose lymph systems are impaired. Rheumatic fever is characterized by fever, swelling and pain in joints, sore throat, and heart complications, and often is caused by vaccines, antibiotics, medications, or toxins consumed by the mother during fetal development. When a wholesome raw diet had not been adhered to during this process, the RNA and DNA were further damaged, causing residual problems such as heart disease, arthritis, chorea, tissue, and skin problems. Rheumatic fever occurs in people who lack enzyme mutations for eating cooked green and cooked red fruits and vegetables, causing acidity and other volatile toxins that damage cells. Usually molds are active in this condition, affecting connective tissue and the heart. Avoiding cooked green and cooked red fruits and vegetables is a start. Eating plenty of fresh, raw, alkalizing foods most often relax symptoms within three weeks. However, the energy level often remained low until the heart was repaired. Eating a balanced raw diet, including raw meat at least five days weekly, usually stabilizes the heart within six months. Complete healing takes many years. Rheumatism is acute and chronic stiffness of the muscles with pain in the joints. Usually that results from low blood protein sugar accompanied by lack of enzyme mutations for eating cooked green or yellow foods. Avoiding cooked green and cooked yellow foods and eating raw foods, including raw pineapple with raw meat and raw fat, usually resolve rheumatism. Rhinitis is a detoxification of the nasal mucosa that causes increased mucus secretions and nasal congestion. That condition is related to brain toxicity and lack of enzyme mutations for eating cooked red fruits and vegetables and sometimes cooked yellow foods. Avoiding cooked red and cooked yellow fruits and vegetables stops the buildup of cooked resins and residues, reducing damage from detoxifying through the nasal passages. The flow of mucus is necessary to free the body of toxins. Eating smoothies and raw red and raw yellow fruits and vegetables, including juices, helps to soothe nasal passages. Poor thyroid function usually accompanies rhinitis. 
rickets is severe malnutrition characterized in children by soft, weak bones causing malformations like bow legs, knock knees, narrow rib cage, bony beads along the ribs, and protruded breastplate. In adults, it occurs during severe bodily stress, such as pregnancy and breastfeeding, and is accompanied by weakness and aching joints. Generally, rickets is caused by the same mineral toxicity and deficiency that creates low thyroid production. Salt craving. Generally, a craving for salt is caused by poor thyroxin production, a thyroid hormone. Raw glandular thyroid supplements are helpful, enabling the thyroid to relearn the chemical structure of thyroxin so that it can produce it. Eating raw deep-sea fish, tuna, salmon, and swordfish, raw oysters, raw scallops, raw clams, no-salt-added raw cheese, unripe melons with an equal quantity of raw fat, plenty of raw tomatoes, and fresh raw celery supply the body with minerals necessary to stabilize mineral balance and for the thyroid to produce thyroxin. However, about 0.5% of the human population needs salt once weekly. Therefore, if after two months of eating the food suggested above, you continue to have an unusual craving for salt, eating only two grains of unprocessed salt once or twice weekly usually satisfies and calms the system and settles the craving with little or no cellular destruction. Two grains of salt. <laughs> That's pretty funny. Hmm. Sciatica is characterized by tenderness or pain in the sciatic nerve that runs from the back at the waist, down the hip, and thigh to the ankle. Tenderness or pain can occur at any point along the sciatic nerve. Drinking full-fat raw milk is very helpful for people with spinal problems. I suggest adding three to four tablespoons raw cream and two tablespoons unheated honey to each quart of milk. Often, sciatica is associated with liver problems. When functions of the liver improve, symptoms of sciatica usually disappear. Most sciatica problems result from metal or chemical toxicity in the bones and or tendons in the spine and sciatic nerves. That toxicity enters the sciatic nerves, causing cellular damage and swelling. Usually, infection results to remove cellular decay. Drinking any of the remedies for pain every two to three hours mitigates pain. Soaking for about an hour in a hot bath helps relax the bath, the back. Following a balanced raw diet, as suggested under mineral deficiency, will cleanse and strengthen the sciatic nerves. Enjoying hot baths for up to eight hours helps discharge electricity from back pain into the water instead of into the brain. Scoliosis is curvature of the spine that sometimes causes pinched nerves and pain. On a balanced raw diet with the nut formula or a little cooked starches, the spine strengthens it, straightens itself over a period of several years. Although completely straightening of the spine can't always be expected, you can eliminate the pain that periodically accompanies scoliosis. Eating raw meat, including raw fish and or raw fowl, helps to relax the tension and discomfort and rebuild the spine. Scurvy is a form of malnutrition characterized by swollen and bleeding gums, rough, dry, discolored skin, 
tenderness of joints and muscles, bruising easily, poor healing of wounds, and susceptibility to frequent detoxification, infections, parasites, virus, etc. Scurvy occurs in individuals who lack the ability to assimilate cooked sugars and cooked fat properly. A lack of enzyme mutations for eating cooked yellow foods is sometimes also a factor in scurvy. Cooked yellow foods in some people raw blood sugars that are needed throughout the body. Avoiding cooked and processed sugars and fat and cooked yellow foods settles scurvy. Eating plenty of fresh unripe fruit and fresh parsley leaves usually re- leaves usually relaxes symptoms in a few days. Eating plenty of unheated honey helps the utilization or elimination of stored processed sugars such as glycogen. Then eating a balanced raw diet that includes raw meat corrects scurvy. The shakes are a sensation of inner or outer trembling that often makes a person feel uncontrollable. Usually this is a condition resulting from low blood protein. Eating raw meat with raw fat usually calms the shakes within 30 minutes. However, some people need to eat one to four raw eggs without any other foods for a period of a half to one hour. If you have a protein assimilation problem, regularly eating raw mushrooms and unheated honey with raw meat usually resolves it. Shingles is a detoxification of the skin's nerve endings, resulting in blisters, crustiness, and pain that can last for weeks. Shingles directly relates to a lack of enzyme mutations for eliminating cooked and processed sugars. Those sharp, crystallized toxins then store in the skin, irritating nerve endings, causing shingles. Avoiding cooked and processed sugars and eating plenty of unheated honey, one to one and a half cups daily for two to three weeks, and fresh, unripe fruit, especially bananas, resolve this condition within a few days. Eating plenty of raw meat gradually heals the damage done by the cooked and and processed radical sugars. If the nerves are scarred, eating cucumber with coconut meat or raw coconut cream gradually dissolves scars. Sinusitis is a mild detoxification of the sinus passages, causing mucus congestion and discharge, earache, headache, pain in or around the eyes, fatigue, cough, low fever, and susceptibility to other detoxification or infections. Avoiding coffee, teas, and all substances that contain caffeine eliminates a half of the toxins being discharged during sinusitis. Sunshine helps heal this condition. Eating plenty of raw fish, plenty of fresh raw lemon juice, three to six raw eggs daily, and not drinking much milk until the condition clears speeds this detoxification. Eating equal portions of grated raw horseradish root Fresh raw lemon juice and unheated honey helps thin mucus. Smoking addiction is rarely an addiction to nicotine. It is always a need for enzymes and blood sugar. Smoking causes a toxic response in the body that forces the liver to produce hormones that call for stored sugars. The preferred blood sugar glycogen is made of the protein sugar pyruvate that is best obtained from eating raw meat. It can enter the blood to help arrest monoxides and TARs. The raised blood sugar level causes a rush of energy. The rush from smoking is not a healthy way to raise blood sugar and enzymes to increase energy because monoxides and TARs poison and kill cells and clog the body. 
Over many years, if those tars remain in the body, they crystallize and clog and dry many bodily systems, especially kidneys and lungs. A raw diet high in unheated honey, raw and ripe fruit, raw fat, and raw meat is a preferable way to keep blood sugar levels and energy high. Eating unripe melons and pink grapefruit help the body remove tars from membranes and blood. Drinking a blended mixture of a half to one cup fresh unripe pineapple or apple, a half to one cup peeled cucumber, one-fourth to a half cup unheated honey, and a half teaspoon raw and pasteurized apple cider vinegar and four tablespoons raw coconut cream three days weekly helps dissolve tars and tar crystals. Drinking that mixture and eating fresh raw fruit in combination with raw fat every three to four hours and whenever you crave a smoke and taking deep breaths of air, especially fresh air, usually alleviates the craving for a smoke. Sore throat. Drinking a mixture of four ounces warm good mineral water, one to two tablespoons raw and pasteurized apple cider vinegar, two to three tablespoons fresh raw lemon juice, and two to four tablespoons unheated honey, several times daily usually relieves sore throat in minutes and keeps the symptoms relatively unnoticeable. Sprain. Warmth increases circulation and healing. Cold compresses reduce circulation and healing. Therefore, to promote healing to the area, apply warm compresses over a liniment made of leek. To make the liniment, juice one leek and one tablespoon fresh raw ginger root or blend and strain and mix with either four tablespoons of raw coconut cream or unheated above 96 degrees Fahrenheit fermented coconut oil, peanut oil, or olive oil. For preferred healing, wrap the sprain in thinly sliced warm raw steak. To warm the steak, place it in a closed glass jar and immerse in a hot bowl of water, not too hot. Following the same suggestions for bruises will heal sprains. Stiffness. If a person is chronically stiff, most often she or he lacks enzyme mutations for eating cooked red fruits and vegetables that results in toxicity and mineral deficiency. Avoiding cooked red fruits and vegetables and having the raw egg, butter, honey, lemon drink at least once daily relieves stiffness. Stomach acid. Eating no salt-added raw cheese or raw fresh coconut or bread, unbleached and, un and non-fortified, and sipping honey usually absorbs stomach ac acidity. Drinking a mixture of one cup good mineral water with one-fourth teaspoon sun-dried powdered clay, two tablespoons of honey, and, a, and the juice of one to two lemons or limes neutralizes stomach over-acidity. Sometimes it is best to neutralize the acidity first and then absorb it with no salt added raw cheese or bread. Stress. Eating a nut formula or cooked starch with raw fat and fresh unripe fruit raises blood sugar and neutralizes overproduction of hormones that accompany stress. Eating raw meat supplies the proteins, and drinking fresh raw vegetable juice supplies the concentrated vitamins and minerals needed during stress. Drinking four to eight ounces of raw cream helps immediate relaxation. Doing something that is fun or relaxing stimulates confidence in creative problem solving. Stroke. 
A stroke results when blood is blocked from some part of the brain, killing cells in the area. Strokes occur when hetero, heterocyclic amines and other residues from eating cooked meat accumulate in the brain, usually caused by a lack of enzyme mutations for eating cooked meat. Symptoms warning of this condition are low blood pressure, not high as the mist states, accompanied with severe sluggishness and irritability, anxiousness, chronic fear, constant stress, poor muscle tone, and general debilitating health. Eating plenty of fresh raw meat, raw mushrooms, and an alkalizing raw diet usually prevents stroke or corrects the results of stroke. Sunburn. Avocado or raw milk rubbed on the skin is healing. Surgery. Eating plenty of unheated honey and getting into fresh air and sunshine facilitate healing. For at least 10 days, drinking plenty of smoothies has helped to arrest toxic medication and anesthesia. Eating three smoothies daily for one week before surgery, each consisting of three eggs, reduced damage from medication and anesthesia. Eating raw meat facilitated healing. Swollen glands is a condition from accumulated volatile toxins and resins in lymph glands. Drinking plenty of unheated honey, fresh raw orange or lemon juices, and tomato puree alkalizes the blood. If a person suffers chronically with swollen glands, he or she probably lacks enzyme mutations for eating cooked green foods. Avoiding cooked greens and eating raw greens helps eliminate stored resins and residues caused by eating cooked greens. Syphilis is a viral detoxification affecting almost any organ or tissue in the body, especially genitals, skin, mucous membranes, aorta, brain, liver, bones, and nerves, and is caused by the inability to utilize caffeine and cooked green foods. Extreme acidity and accumulation of volatile toxins deteriorate cells, forcing the body to manufacture this virus en masse. Strictly adhering to the following regime for at least eight days has worked the best without having to use harmful drug therapy. Drinking a blend of 18 tomatoes, Roman variety, work a little more quickly. With at least five tablespoons of unheated honey and five teaspoons fresh raw lemon juice, neutralizes toxins and has eliminated the body's need for the virus. Eating other foods that are alkalizing reinforce the effects of the tomato honey lemon drink. Eating very little meat during the eight-day period prevented the blood from getting acidic, which would have irritated the condition. After the eight days, eating plenty of raw meat, including raw fish and raw eggs, gradually healed the deterioration and breakdown from this severe detoxification. So that's interesting. Syphilis is a virus manufactured by the body. Definitely never heard that before. Well, he said that all viruses are manufactured by cells. True, true, that's true, yeah. So, thyroid problem, underactive, symptoms, poor-looking hair, low energy level, fearful nature, eating unsulfured, non-steamed dates with no salt-added raw cheese with an equal quantity of raw fat energizes the thyroid. 
Eating plenty of alkalizing foods like tomato cleanses the thyroid, especially of toxic minerals, including those caused by table salts. Eating no salt added raw cheeses, fresh raw ocean fish, including scallops, oysters, or clams, whole raw milk, the nut formula, and occasionally one-fourth teaspoon of sun-dried clay mixed in fresh raw vegetable juices or smoothies supplies the thyroid with minerals it needs to properly function and produce hormones. Mixing five drops of organically grown vanilla extract into fresh raw juice or smoothies helps stimulate the thyroid. If headaches are experienced, tomatoes should not be eaten for a week or more. In that circumstance, tomatoes may produce too heavy of detoxification, causing the blood to become too toxic and raising blood pressure. If this diet doesn't correct the condition within 11 weeks, eating a natural raw thyroid glandular supplement may be necessary. However, if neither the diet nor the glandular supplement helps, going to a doctor for prescription thyroid hormones may be required for proper hormonal balance. Tonsillitis is a detoxification of the tonsils, causing reddened and swollen tonsils and throat, hoarseness, difficulty swallowing, coughing, fever, headache, earache, nausea, vomiting, sinus congestion and discharge, and swollen lymphatic glands throughout the body. Tonsils mainly protect the brain by dissolving and neutralizing degenerative brain cells. Therefore, it is preferable to keep your tonsils. If the brain cells are toxic with metals or other toxins, the tonsils may frequently inflame and are damaged. Tonsillitis usually occurs in individuals lacking enzyme mutations for eating cooked red fruits and vegetables. Eating salt or caffeine interferes with and irritates this detoxification. Avoiding salt and anything with caffeine, including soft drinks and chocolate, and cooked red fruits and vegetables minimizes tonsil infections. Drinking a blend of three cups fresh raw tomatoes and four tablespoons fresh raw lemon juice has helped neutralize the volatile toxins. Best results have come from drinking the mixture within one hour of making it and then four hours later, making and drinking another of the same mixture. Eating other raw foods, if desired, is fine. That regime followed for one day usually relieved tonsillitis on the third day. For an accompanying sore throat, drinking unheated honey mixed with a good mineral water, naturally sparkling water is best, usually brings relief. That's too bad. I don't have my tonsils anymore. Oh, man, they got cut out, huh? Yeah. Sucks. Sorry. You still got yours? Yeah. I, I fortunately never needed any, never had any problems there. That's great. Yeah. You got your wisdom teeth out? Nope. Really? Wow. I avoided it on purpose. Oh. You were you were awoke then, on that. Yeah, I just knew enough to know that you're not supposed to take stuff out. Uh, I mean, I don't believe in vestigial organs for sure, and uh, you know, I mean, if at some point it becomes life threatening, I guess I'll have to, but I don't think it will be. I can feel them coming in, and they're slightly crooked and out of place, but I don't think it's going to be serious. I don't think they're going to impact. So. Mm, yeah. Man, I got my tonsils and my wisdom teeth out. <laughs> Oh, man. 
at least when I had appendicitis. I'm pretty sure I had appendicitis. I'm, I'm glad I didn't get that taken out, though. Hmm. I had severe appendicitis. I mean, I'm almost positive I had appendicitis, but I cured it naturally. Nice. I had severe appendix pain that lasted like like a week, and each day it got consecutively worse. Like it got to the point where I was like doubled over in pain. Couldn't sleep. The pain was like so severe. Yeah, well, not appendicitis, but food poisoning with pain that bad. Uh Nah. You can't do anything but writhe on the bathroom floor and pray to God to make it stop. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, that's literally that you're stuck doing that until it comes out of you one end or the other. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, this was appendicitis. I mean, this was centered on my appendix, you know, the pain. All I did was fast, and I think I just drank uh, baking soda and, like, apple cider vinegar. I think that's all I did, and it got better. Wait, back and forth or mixed together in water? Uh, No, I don't think I drank it, it with both of them mixed in water. Like separate. Okay. You just but, kept yeah. flipping the pH one end to the other back and forth until it stopped. Well, I think apple cider vinegar has an alkaline effect on the body. That's right. Yeah, that's what they say. Yeah. Yeah, but it's time got down the appendix. I know it does. It does. Yeah. But yeah, thank God I didn't get have to get that taken out. <laughs> Yeah, my my parents are both a little bit woke about the natural health issue and don't always trust doctors, but they don't, you know, there's sometimes where they just won't take it all the way. And, uh, you know, my dad still every now and then he's like, you know, when uh, when you think, when you get a little bit more money saved up, you should get that LASIK surgery or uh, I'll help you out with them. Dad, I, I tell him, Dad, I'm not doing that. I don't believe in surgery. Yeah. You know, there's just a few areas where they still haven't completely swallowed the red pill about natural health and avoiding doctors. Mm-hmm. All right, so let's see. Uh, tooth and gum disorders usually occur from poor assimilation of minerals. Processed minerals, including metallic from canned food, Novocaine, vaccines, medical or recreational drugs, chlorinated and fluorinated waters, processed cheese, and caffeine, including chocolate, are especially harmful for and often causative in tooth and gum conditions. Root canals sometimes result in large, deep abscesses that affect the entire body. These Those abscesses can cause general fatigue, neck and shoulder soreness and stiffness and reddened eyes. I've seen very debilitating conditions as a result of the body trying to dissolve and remove nerve and bone toxicity around teeth, especially root canals. Fatigue that results may continue for years as long as the infection continues. Even on a healthy diet, the toxicity around the teeth may require more nutrients than most people can eat. 
Therefore, if persistent infection occurs, it may be preferable to have a root canal tooth extracted. Amalgam fillings, called silver fillings, contain large quantities of toxic mercury and should not be used to fill teeth. The best dental filling material is porcelain or ceramic inlays. For crowns and bridges, I suggest using those that are reinforced with gold because so much more of your tooth will remain. I've seen gold-reinforced crowns last 30 years. If you use only ceramic or porcelain crowns or bridges, each tooth must be severely ground to a small post. That little post of a tooth that remains may easily break in one to five years. Then, if you want to have hey, a stable... Yeah. Uh, can you hear any background noise on my end? Just yeah. Now? Oh, go ahead and mute me if you need to for the next, like, ten minutes. Okay. Sorry about that. You're all right. All right, you're muted, Ross. All right, so uh, then if you want to have a stable tooth, you must have a root canal or an artificial tooth must be drilled and screwed into the jawbone. Drinking plenty of full-fat raw milk begins reversing those problems. If raw milk is not available, eating raw fish works almost as well. Drinking raw milk and eating raw fish speed the healing process in most people. Trauma. Making yourself warm and comfortable, having a good cry, and staying away from demands for a while nurture you back to normal. Thinking about successes and better times helps put a difficult experience behind you. Whether you have a good voice or not, singing encourages song, encouraging songs is healing. Watching stand-up or other comedy with the intent to enjoy it can bring about speedy relief. Eating raw meat helps produce calm determination. Eating plenty of unheated honey in a nut formula or cooked starch with raw fat and fresh unripe fruit helps restore and maintain hormonal balance and blood sugar. Eating a raw egg every one to one and a half hours usually speeds relaxation. Drinking a half to one cup raw cream immediately soothes the body and mind. Tuberculosis is a severe detoxification of very volatile toxins that are hormone-related and discharged from the lungs. These toxins may affect other glands, organs, and tissues as the toxins travel through the blood. The volatile toxins are mainly formed from gr cooked green foods and people who lack enzyme mutations for eating cooked greens, including smoking tobacco or herbs. Avoiding cooked greens plus eating plenty of raw green salads and plenty of hearty foods like pasta with raw fat and raw beef or raw beef sandwiches has strengthened and healed tubercular sufferers without permanent damage and without medication. Ulcers are open sores on the mucous membranes or skin. Ulcers occur in people who lack enzyme mutations for eating cooked and processed red fruits and vegetables. Skin ulcers occur in people who have an allergy to cooked and processed red fruits and vegetables and cannot assimilate minerals. Avoid anything with caffeine, including chocolate and sodas. 
Caffeine interferes with mineral assimilation. Drinking good mineral water and unheated honey and being active flush the skin with minerals to bind with toxins and neutralize them. Eating no salt added raw cheese helps to heal. Intestinal and stomach or mucous membrane ulcers. Drinking plenty of smoothies for one week and eating raw butter, unripe papaya, and other unripe fruit, but no tomato or citrus, bind toxins and revitalize the tissues. After one week, the following regime detoxifies toxins that are stored in the stomach and intestinal membranes. Plenty of fresh raw white cabbage juice and tomato purees, some raw milk with raw fertile eggs and unripe banana, plain raw kefir with a little fresh unripe pineapple, plenty of butter and unheated honey. Best results have been achieved by eating very little raw meat and no cooked meat or pasteurized milk for two weeks. After the two weeks, the time it usually takes for ulcers to cleanse, close, and enter the first stages of healing, eating plenty of raw meat, a half cup white cabbage juice for four weeks, and alkalizing foods daily heals and strengthens mucous membranes. Underweight. Gaining weight sometimes requires correcting an underactive thyroid. Otherwise, it is an indication that not enough protein and fat are being eaten together or that protein is not assimilated. Eating plenty of raw meat with plenty of raw fat usually reverses this condition within a month. The quickest way to gain weight is to add 3 ounces of raw cream and 2 to 3 tablespoons unheated honey to 32 ounces of raw milk and drink that throughout each day. That mixture should be in addition to all other foods on a balanced raw diet. Urethra infection or pain. Most often, urethra problems stem from kidney or gallbladder stones that scrape and irritate the urethra as stones pass through the urethra. Most cases readily responded to the suggestion for kidney stones. James suffered with this problem for weeks. I suggested long, hot baths that helped when he could get them. His home was equipped with a shower, but not a bathtub. Finally, after many weeks, he began eating a raw milk diet only. Within 24 hours, all of his pain subsided. I suggest adding 4 to 6 tablespoons raw cream and 2 tablespoons unheated honey to every 28 ounces of milk. Vaccine-induced diseases can be mitigated or reversed by eating one to two raw eggs every one to two hours until symptoms are alleviated enough, which may take weeks. Then I suggest eating a balanced raw diet with plenty of raw fat and raw meat. Those suggestions are for the time period within 10 days after injection. For people who can acquire raw butter and unheated honey, they can mix seven tablespoons of raw butter with one tablespoon unheated honey and eat one teaspoon of that mixture after each egg. For those who suffer vaccine-induced diseases from vaccines injected further in the past, I suggest a balanced diet as given in the book The Recipe for Living Without Disease, pages 40 to 42. For the afternoon fruit meal, I suggest eating a half to one cup raw berries, raspberries, blackberries, boysenberries, or cranberries, blended with three to eight tablespoons raw coconut cream, one to two tablespoons unsalted raw butter, 
and one to two tablespoons raw cream to help remove the mercury and aluminum that are common ingredients used in vaccines. Those two toxins cause blood and neurological serums to become high in sediment and cause excessive clotting, resulting in strokes, seizures, and many other neurological vaccine-induced diseases. For more information on the dangers of vaccines, read the book by Dr. Rebecca Carley, M.D., Inoculations, the True Weapons of Mass Destruction, and Causing Vaccine-Induced Diseases, an Epidemic of Genocide. Dr. Carley is a court-qualified expert in vaccine-induced diseases and legal abuse syndrome. All right, Ross, you're unmuted. All right, so uh, varicose veins are veins that have become swollen, enlarged, and twisted. Vascular flabbiness. A friend calls these, quote, very close veins, close to the surface. Caffeine is the greatest cause of flabby veins in most people. Bodies that have varicose veins have irritating storages of caffeine or other toxins in the veins, making them water-bloated and sluggish. Oral birth control pills and injected contraceptives also cause varicose veins. Avoiding caffeine in beverages and medications and dried peppers, including black and cayenne, is, is important to healing. Eating raw, unripe pineapple with raw cream when available or stone-pressed olive oil and taking plenty of warm baths soothe and strengthen varicose veins. Eating plenty of raw meat, including fish, helps regenerate veins, making them strong and perky over a period of many years. Venereal disease is a detoxification of the genitals usually caused by the inability to utilize caffeine and cooked green foods. Avoiding caffeine and cooked green foods and drinking plenty of raw milk with added raw cream and unheated honey soothe the tissues and make those detoxifications easier. Vertigo is a condition in which a person or his surroundings seem to whirl. Excess adrenaline is usually a factor. In vertigo, adrenaline utilized all blood sugar, fat, and protein and saturated nerves related, relating to balance with acidity. In every case I have seen, some type of industrial chemical, including medication, poison those nerves. If the DNA was damaged before the toxicity was removed, reversal was extremely slow or did not occur. Eating raw meat and unheated honey, small amounts of nut formula frequently, or a small amount of cooked starch in combination with plenty of raw fats, and raw fruit resupplies the blood with nutrients, and usually vertigo subsides. Vision and focus disorders are characterized by blurred vision, eye fatigue, inability to see far or near, squinting, light sensitivity, itchy, bloodshot, or burning eyes and lids. Caffeine in any form, including chocolate, coffee, tea, and soda, Damages nerves and brain. In many people, it damages eyes. Caffeine consumed by a mother during pregnancy and breastfeeding can cause poor vision in her child. Excess adrenaline causes dryness, nerve damage, and in some people creates poor vision. Medicinal insulin also causes vision disorders. 
eating plenty of live foods, especially raw fats with foods that are red or orange, indicating abundant vitamin A content, such as carrot juice, apricots, watermelon, and raw tuna, soothes and nourishes eyes. As a result of eating a raw diet, especially raw red meat, most vision disorders have stopped the, quote, normal progression toward poor vision. I have seen few instances where vision disorders completely reversed. Adding one to two drops of raw egg white from antibiotic-free and hormone-free chickens to the eyes once or twice daily gradually and continuously improved vision. Those who continue to consume caffeine on a predominantly raw diet did not improve their vision. Either their eyesight remained poor or it continued a slower progression toward poor eyesight. Vitamin deficiencies, when severe, are indicated by dark, dark circles under eyes, pallid face, poor energy, sleeplessness for people who are usually able to sleep, and fearful attitudes. Eating plenty of fresh, raw, unripe fruits, unheated honey, vegetable juices, and sometimes salads supplies naturally bioactive, enzyme-bound vitamins for proper assimilation and utilization. Symptoms of chronic vitamin deficiency are powdery tongue in the morning, loss of peripheral vision, flatulence, nervous and fearful thoughts about the future and related psychological complications like making difficulties where none exist. A chronic vitamin deficiency is often misdiagnosed as a severe potassium deficiency. Ironically, consuming vitamin supplements increase those symptoms rather than mitigate symptoms. Eating plenty of fresh raw vegetable juices, raw unripe fruit, especially banana and melon, and frequently eating small amounts of nut formula or a little cooked starch with plenty of raw fat, e.g. unsalted raw butter, avocado, stone-pressed olive oil, and sometimes a fresh raw salad gradually replenishes missing vitamins. Avoid eating salads with oils of any kind, olive, peanut, etc., the combination prevents the vitamins in salads from being digested. However, raw oils may be eaten with cooked starches at the same meal with a salad. Yeast infection is characterized by swollen, inflamed, and itchy skin. Yeast eat tissue toxins and alkalize the symptom. Yeast are helpful and should be allowed to run their course. Medication poisons the already toxic and hardened tissue, causing it to remain toxic and hardened. If your goal is to improve your health, the worst thing you can do is destroy a yeast infection with medications. Alcohol, coffee, teas, aspirin, soft drinks with caffeine and salt consumed in large quantities over years are all poisonous, overstimulating adrenals and pancreas. The high levels of adrenaline and insulin create toxic conditions and dryness that cause lesions, thereby creating conditions where yeast are necessary for cleansing. Eating a raw diet that contains regular meals, small quantities of nut formula, or some cooked starch with plenty of raw fat eliminates the excess adrenaline and insulin levels. Eating raw tomatoes, non-steamed figs, fresh vegetable juices, especially green, and raw, unpasteurized apple cider vinegar alkalizes and soothes tissue and reverses the toxic condition. Vaginal yeast infection. All of the above applies. Drinking two to three raw eggs blended with two to three tablespoons unheated honey and, one and a half unripe banana 
provides the vagina with a constant supply of healthy nutrients to build mucus that flushes and removes toxicity with the help of smaller colonies of yeast. Less itching, too. Eating raw fish and or raw fowl three to four times weekly strengthens the tissues and replaces destroyed nerve tissue and skin, increasing sensuality. Douching with one of the following eliminates discomfort. A half tablespoon raw apple cider vinegar mixed in four ounces of water or four ounces plain raw kefir or three ounces of your own urine. A woman who had suffered vaginal yeast infections every time she had sex throughout her life had tried everything suggested above. Those mitigated the yeast infections, but she still experienced pain after sex. As a last resort, she tried an Ayurvedic medical method. She drank her first urine of each day for several weeks. Within two weeks, the recurring infections completely ceased. All right, Ross, you there? Yeah, sorry about that, man. I didn't hear no, you on right. me the first time. No, you're all right. All right, I'm done mm-hmm. with the... Uh, Did you want me the, to uh, tell about my one day of experience with uh, that urine therapy? <laughs> sure, yeah. Well, as I said, it was only one day, so I don't think I got any significant benefit. But, uh, I mean, other than... The horrible taste. Well, it's not too horrible. It's just real salty and ammonia-y. But uh, I was... I got super lethargic and tired about 10 minutes after I took about a cup of it. Uh-huh. Probably a detox symptom. Yeah, I guess so. It, it kind of scared no, I, me at first until I realized that. Yeah, I know Eric's done that before i i i don't know if i'm i i don't know if i want to do something like that <laughs> I mean, try it man if it comes so to the point where i have kids you did it huh for the sole purpose of being able to tell your grandkids you did it you need to try it sometime <laughs> yeah i don't know it's not looking like i'm gonna have grandkids so not if you don't try that urine therapy, man. It be the <laughs> last resort for cleansing you of your vagina problems. <laughs> uh-huh. All right, well, and that was it for the, uh, the, um, like, conditions part. And then, uh, there's just a little bit left. It's gonna be uh yeah, there's just like there's just like a tiny bit left. But we, we can fi- we can finish it on the next call. I'll probably cut okay. it off here. Alright, man. Cool. Alright. Thanks for joining me again, Ross. Uh uh-huh. thank you, Chris, as always. Yep. Alright, I'll talk to you later, buddy. Alright, have a good one, man. Yeah, you too. Alright, bye. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. 
Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.